Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So today we are closing out our series, WSG, which is focusing on the, the vision of our church. How, how we do things as Royce City First United Methodist Church. And, and the reason why we want to do that is because we wanted you to see that, that worshiping, serving, and growing just isn't something that we have on our bulletin, but it's something that's, that's active. It, it's something that we are doing. We're, we're moving forward with all of these things. We have so many different ways for us to, to put the vision of our church in action. Remember, the vision is there to help remind us how we enact the mission, which the mission is, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for, for the transformation of the world. So for, for one last time for this series, I want to invite you to join with me and say the mission of, the vision of our church one more time. As we see, follow along on the screen. Would you repeat this with me? It says, be God's. You belong here, worshiping together, serving with heart, growing in faith. I, uh, I did a uh, survey in regards to uh, how we're moving forward uh, with our youth position, and they were asking, does your church know what the mission of the church is? And I'm going, yeah, I, I, think, I think we've pretty much know what the mission is. And, and we also know what our vision is too because that's something that we want to keep in your forefront when, when you're active, when, when you're moving forward, when, when you're thinking about how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. These are the ways that we do this. So as we prepare to talk about growing in faith, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, I, I loved the song that we sang before the sermon today. Because it reminds us that you are not done with us. That we are still growing. We are still learning to see and, and to understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And the many ways that we do that as we gather together as the body to, to worship, as we find ways to, to serve here in our community, in our country, in our world. But also, how do we continue to take those steps to help us to grow in our faith? So God, as we uh, spend time and as we talk about these things, we pray that you let the words of, of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. We're going to jump right into our scripture this morning. Our scripture is from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. You can follow along in your Bibles where we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow along. And Paul writes these words. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
what is more. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, first, to, to know the context of this particular passage. Paul is writing this passage while he is in prison. And, and he, he's been there in prison for a while, and this is one of the several letters that, that we have in Scripture that he wrote while he was in prison. And, 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 the, and the, the funny, peculiar thing about this particular passage, the verse or the chapter before in chapter 2, Paul is going through all of these things that, that he has done and all of these things that, that he has accomplished. But then here in verse 3, he calls it all garbage. Sitting in jail, you know, wondering what is going to happen to him, all those things that he did in the past, the, 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 uh, the status, the, the, the way of living that he had, he looks at that while he's sitting in jail saying, it's garbage. And, and what makes it garbage is that you know, that, that stuff is temporal. That stuff is just, just right here and now. And what Paul really wants to be focused on is knowing Christ and having Christ be, the, be that, that central part of his life. And, and that's what growing in faith is all about. It's not knowing more knowledge and, and having more information, but it's all about learning about Jesus. See, what Paul is reminding us that is in life and in death, and, and beyond death, there is something that is constant. And that constant is that, that Jesus Christ is always with us. No, no matter what is happening in your life right now, what, whatever ups, whatever downs, what, whatever highs or whatever lows, that Jesus will always be there with you. And, and it's important to know that, as I said before, Paul is writing this in prison. And, and prison way back then was not a, a great place to be. It, it, was, it was unsanitary. It, 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 was, it was dirty. It was dark. But he knew that, that whatever he had to come up across, he knew that Jesus is always there with him. And the important thing to know about that is that he knew that his life, because it was in Christ, is sacred. It's a sacred thing to have to know that because Christ dwells in me, my life is sacred and it's worthy. Not because of anything that I have been able to do, 
but it's because Christ has accepted me when I was in even my lowest point. Christ came and and pulled me out of that pit and said, you are worthy. And then it is a promise that death is not the final word. No, no, how we pass from one life to another, we know that we have hope. We have hope because we have grown in Christ. And, and that, that love and that knowledge that Christ is in us, we have hope that we will be with Christ again. And, and the way that we pull all of that together is, is this, this, this word that we like to use in the church called discipleship. Now, for me, discipleship is like the word evangelism. Sometimes those are considered as two dirty words in the church. We don't like evangelism because it, it, it puts us out there where, where we share our faith with others. And we don't like discipleship because when we are being discipled or, or when we are trying to become Christ-like, it means that we are, are offering ourselves up to God to change. We are saying, God, I know, I know, I know, I know that I don't have it all put together. So please, in, in this form of discipleship, in this form of growing in Christ-likeness, change me, mold me, move me, melt me, help me to be like you. So that when people see me, they don't see Chris Everson, some 48-year-old schmuck that, that tries to move around life, but they see Christ in me so that they know that that, that is who we are to follow. <clears throat> One of my favorite images of this is uh, the uh, contemporary singer Rich Mullins. Uh, before he passed away, he had this album called The Liturgy, the Legacy and the Ragamuffin Band. And uh, the, the photographer who, who, who took his uh, pictures, Jimmy, I believe is who it was, he, he took him out to this desert setting and he told Rich to go climb up on some of these, these hills that were just a little bit off in the distance. And, and Rich goes up there and he's standing there and, and Jimmy A says, hey Rich, I want you to put your arms out. And Rich goes, what? Like this? Like Jesus? And Jimmy said, no, no, put your arms down a little bit. And so if you take a look at the picture, you see Rich is standing there with his arms kind of at an angle like this. And it looks like an arrow. And what that arrow does and what Rich has done and what I hope that we all do is that we are a way of pointing people to God. And, and discipleship helps us do that. It helps us to, to take away the baggage of, of, of trying to make sure we have all of the words right, all, all of the, the subtext correct, but we're just saying, look, all I want to do is to, to point people to Christ, to connect them with Christ so that they can grow as disciples. Sometimes we think of discipleship as making sure we take these, these specific classes, and once we get done with those classes, we're done. That's one of the love-hate relationships that I have with confirmation. 
that, that we have the students go through confirmation and then after they finish up that last class and, and we, we lay our hands upon them, there's an idea that they have just graduated and they don't need to come back anymore because they've learned it all. And I don't know about you, but I know about me, I have not learned it all. I am nowhere close to knowing it all. But I do know that God loves me, and God loves each and every one of us, and, and he desires us to grow in faith. Jan Johnson, she talked about discipleship like this. She says, discipleship is not going through a class or completing a course, though it may help. But discipleship is about letting the Spirit form in you a good heart that is devoted to God so that you follow Jesus with great joy. We do discipleship so, so that, that, we, that we do this work on our heart or in our hearts so that we may have more joy to share people the love and grace of Jesus Christ. That's what discipleship is all about. It, it's all about learning how to imitate Jesus. That let, let Jesus guide us and move us and lead us. And, and Jesus gives us the way that we do discipleship, and, and we follow that for the most part in our church. But there are some times that we, we let some of it go away. The way that Jesus did it, if we were to use Wesleyan terms, is that we are to gather as societies, we are to gather as classes, and we are to gather as bands. Now, the societies is what we have here. In this worship service, this would be considered a society where you come in and hopefully you can pick up a nugget here or there to, to take out of these doors and, and to serve Christ more. Uh, before worship today, I have this great prayer time with Dean, and, and as we were talking, he was talking about in his prayer about broken people coming to the church. You know, that's what happened with Jesus. Jesus had society meetings whenever he would go, and he would do the, these big teachings, and, and people would come in around to, to hear what Jesus had to say, and, and some of them came to Jesus so that he could heal them. See, we don't come to church so that, that, that we rely on one another to heal us. We come to church so we can open our hearts to Jesus and let him do a work inside of us so that we may grow as his disciples. And then there's another way that we are able to, to continue that growth, and that is in classes, or the way that we talk about it in today's terminology. We have our Sunday school classes that April talked about during our, our offering time, but also we have some midweek classes also that allows you to gather as a group of people. And I tell you, one of the funnest groups that I love to, to hear is when I'm getting ready for stuff on Sunday night and those God's girls ladies are there in the room right next to me. They are so loud and rambunctious. But you know, they have each other's back. And, and they know 
that they're not there just to socialize, but they support one another. They, they pray for one another. They do some amazing work and ministry to help each one of those ladies become Christ-like. Even though I do have to knock on the wall and tell them to quiet down a couple of times. Or they, or they knock on the wall and tell me to quiet down whenever I'm playing my guitar. Goes both ways. But, but those classes serve a very important part because they help us to change our behaviors. Believe me, that they, they do that. When we start gathering with a, a group of people, we start to mold our lives to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus did that with his disciples. When he had the 12 together, that was a, a way of a class meeting, if you will. And, and he told those 12 disciples different things than he told the big giant crowds because he knew that those 12 were then sent out to help the growth of the church. And then the final thing that we have is, is what's called a, a band meeting. Now, if we look at Jesus' ministry, he had his own band. That was him and Peter, James, and John. If you look into the gospel, there were, there were times where, where Jesus would take those three disciples and they would go off to different places. They would go to the mountain of transfiguration. When, when Jesus was getting ready to be handed over to, to the Jews and, and, the, and the leaders of the Sanhedrin and uh, the Romans, he gathered the disciples there in the Garden of Gethsemane. But then he took Peter, James, and John, and they went a little ways further to help them, to connect them, to, to help them to grow even more as disciples. See, the band really gets into who we are, and, and it allows us to be totally changed. I, I'm in a couple of bands with a, a group of, of lay people that I knew from another congregation and then with a couple of pastors, and, and we gather together either face-to-face -face or we spend an hour on the phone talking. And I wanted to lift up something to you to say that this is something that's easy to do. And if, by each of the entries, you'll, there is a card that says Discipleship Bands. If you are interested in starting something, grab one of these and then grab three or four people because it helps you to grow. and It helps you to, to really look at your life and how you are growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ by, by asking certain questions. The, the first question is, how is it with your soul? When, you, when, you, when you're sitting around and you're talking with the other people in the band, you really figure out what is going on in your soul. What are your struggles and what are your successes? And then how might the Spirit and Scriptures be speaking in your life? That's all you have to do. All you have to do is just really answer those three questions, and then you keep each other accountable in that growth. Now, there is a, a next step if you would like to take that. If you really wanted to get deep into how your soul is doing, you ask these questions. And this is something that, that John Wesley would do and the Methodists would do, and it makes you really uncomfortable, but it really helps you grow. 
do you have any sin that you would like to confess? Part of the Methodist movement was to make sure that we were to escape the wrath to come. And and that was one of the ways that we do that. We confess our sins to one another. And then the final question, are there any secrets or hidden things you would like to share? And when you ask that question, you can say yes or no. And that's it. There's no probing. There's no, no prying. There's no trying to get dirt on somebody that's sitting around the table with you. It's that accountability. It's that support that you have to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So, so a challenge for you is, is to grab a card and gather two or three friends together and start a band together. There's also a Bible study that goes along with us, and I won't go deeper into that, but you can find all of that information there. The other thing I wanted to lift up is that you'll see in your bulletins a WSG card. As we were sitting in our staff meeting, we were trying to figure out how do we make this real to the congregation? Now, I know there's a place for a name, email, and phone number. If you want to turn it in, you can. You don't have to. This could be something to help remind you of what does it mean to worship, to serve, and to grow. You know, worship, we have our two services, and we also have a special event simulcast, you know, the one coming up on uh, the, the Glenda's Girl Day with the Priscilla Shire simulcast. That is a way that you can worship with a larger group of people. And then all of the different ways that we have that we can serve. And if you remember, as I said last week, you don't have to have the church staff tell you where to serve. Just find a place to plug in and to make a difference. Because you have ideas of of where your circle is or where your influence is to, to do ministry. Where you can serve God and serve others around you. And then there is a chance to grow with all of our Sunday school classes that we have, with our Wednesday night fusion, and then our weekly groups. And I challenge you, if you are not connected with one of our groups, start your own. If you need help finding a curriculum, talk to me, talk to April, talk to Jonelle. We'll be glad to connect you with great curriculum to help you grow in Christ-likeness, because that is what this is all about. Worshiping helps us grow in Christ-likeness. Serving helps us grow in Christ-likeness. And growing in our faith is another way to help us grow in Christ-likeness. My hope and prayer is that as we continue in this year of 2020, we find ways to, to deepen our faith so that when people see Roy City First United Methodist Church, they know that we are are spirit-led, that we are are followers of, of Jesus Christ. And because of those things, we are then called to make a difference in God's world. Let us pray. Oh God, you have filled each and every one of us with desires to know you. That's one of the reasons why we're here. We're here because we know that you can and will make a difference 
in our lives. As we sang, we've seen you move mountains before. We know that you will move them again. That you will dwell in our hearts and in our lives. So that when people see us, they, they, they can know Jesus in a, in a real and personal way. So God, help us to find ways to continue our worship of you. Help us to look around us to, to find ways to serve you and to serve others. And Lord, help us to find ways to grow in our faith, whether it's through Sunday school classes, whether it's through different community groups, or whether it's in small bands. Guide us and lead us so that we may be wholly yours. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.